Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Dancing on Our Disabilities show is a global forum where you're invited to share your personal story of survival and triumph over disability. A meeting place to gather information from experts in the medical community and additional resources for the enrichment of society. A group dedicated to bringing information, support, and love into the lives of people with disabilities as well as their caregivers. Hi, everyone, and welcome to NSI and VOOD Radio. I'm Myra the Never Say Impossible Lady. Today's show is going to be a combination of both Never Say Impossible podcasts and Dancing on Our Disabilities podcast known as D-O-O-D. There's a reason for that. And as we move through the show, you'll know. Briefly, both shows celebrate people's successes and amazing stories of triumph and applaud the human spirit for rising above adversity as they move towards their dreams. We share motivational, inspirational stories as well as therapeutic and medical information. Don't forget to visit us on facebook.com forward slash dancing on our disabilities and also click over to Never Say Impossible Radio and like the page and let us know if there's a topic that you want us to address. Today we're going to be talking about voice therapy. Have you ever experienced voice problems? It's downright scary. Communication is something we often take for granted. I love to talk. Over the past five or six years, I began experiencing issues. Who was that talking? Was it really me? Actually, it began a long time before that when I started having difficulty singing. I was told that it was caused by allergies. Well, maybe, maybe not. Suddenly, I began experiencing bouts of hoarseness when speaking. Now, I speak publicly, and I speak on my podcast as part of my business. Raising my voice became really difficult, and sometimes a mic didn't even help. However, I tried to deal with it and blamed it on everything I could think of. I just couldn't accept the possibility that I was losing my voice. The bottom fell out about two years ago when I was giving a workshop. One week before the big day, my voice totally up and disappeared. I don't know where it went, but it was gone. At first, I thought it was an upper respiratory issue. I treated it as an upper respiratory infection. 
the day the workshop came became a nightmare. <laughs> I was so panicked. I sounded like a frog. My ear, nose, and throat doctor recommended Sherry Gill, a speech pathologist. I was shocked, and I just couldn't wrap my head around what was happening. Sherry was a godsend. I'm going to bring her on because she is the expert, and we'll give you the basic things that you should look for when you start experiencing problems. By the way, have you noticed our candidates from time to time have serious voice issues. I sure hope they have speech therapists. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you so much. I am so delighted to have you here today and a little intimidated because I know you're listening to my voice. <laughs> first, let me go back to my first experience with speech therapy when I had a problem with my youngest child who developed a tongue thrust. And after she was treated successfully, I never gave it much thought as a mature adult. Sherry, tell us what attracted you to this particular medical profession and why you're so dedicated to helping those of us who just open their mouths and sound awful. Well, most people, when they think of speech therapy, they think of children with a lisp or who can't say their R's, or things like that. So they're very surprised when I tell them that I work mainly with adults at this point. Um, what attracted me to speech pathology was actually the love of American Sign Language. I had always wanted to work with the deaf and hard of hearing, and so I became fluent in sign language and started working with the deaf and hard of hearing within the school system. Um, I've worked with every age level and elementary, pre-K, middle, and high school, and then would come work in the hospital after school and absolutely fell in love with the medical side of the field. So that's what I do now. And you're wonderful at it. I think, I think many people just don't understand it. I didn't understand it, and there are numerous reasons why people have communication issues. What are some of the most common problems you deal with? Believe it or not, in the hospital, a lot of what we deal with is swallowing. And when I go in the room and introduce myself as the speech therapist, the patients will say, but I don't have any difficulty talking, at which point I tell them that all of those muscles that you use to speak are also the same muscles you use to swallow. And that's why speech pathology deals a lot with swallowing. Um, but we also deal with voice, with fluency that's stuttering, with understanding language, with expressing language, with memory, with pretty much anything that can deal with any kind of communication, verbal or written. In my particular situation, I didn't understand that I had been using my voice incorrectly probably over the entire span of my lifetime. Do you find that many people really don't understand where the voice should come from, how they breathe can affect how they sound? For instance, some people start out great and fade off. 
as they continue to express themselves. So what is it that people don't get and why don't more people get it? I think a lot of people take their voice for granted. It's there. It's always been there and it isn't going to go anywhere. And for most people, that's just fine. But then other issues come into play and you wind up having a problem with your voice and you don't know what to do about it. Some people will go to the ear, nose, and throat doctor and many of those doctors will recommend voice therapy or medications, different things that they can do to get their voice better. And there is so much that you can do to get your voice better just on your own with the guidance of a knowledgeable speech pathologist. That's one of the biggest issues I would like to emphasize today because being part of the population that has other issues other than just my voice, I think we tend to blame it on things, external things, and ignore the fact that it can be addressed until something drastic happens like, like happens to me. So I would like everybody who listens to this to really evaluate how they feel when they're speaking for long periods of time. And some professions really count on our ability to speak. Teachers, for one, are constantly using their voice. We all use our voice. But if you're using it wrong, it's going to come and get you. So tell me about people who develop frequent or even chronic hoarseness. People, when something's not working correctly in your body, your body's instinct is to try to compensate any way it knows how. And a lot of times with your voice, you compensate by trying to push the sound out with your throat. Unfortunately, that's really not the way to do it. By doing that, you can damage the tissues in there that need to move freely and vibrate to help your voice come out naturally. It's your body's natural response. So basically what you need is somebody who is very familiar with voice production to teach you how to compensate appropriately so that you can become your own therapist and take on your healing and appropriate voice together. You mentioned something earlier that fascinated me because I happen to be married to a man who has hearing issues. Mm. Later in life, he developed it. I don't know. He was in law enforcement and I think the gun range. Who knows? Whatever it was. And I started doing what most people do when they're around somebody who is not deaf, just hard of hearing. You tend to raise your voice to the point where you're almost screaming, which doesn't help. And I think that it exacerbated part of the problems that I, w I was having. And when you spoke about signing and working with people that had auditory problems, recognizing what was being said, processing what was being said to them, which is something that happens to a lot of children. But what, what would be the best solution 
if you're married to somebody who's hard of hearing, who either refuses or is not helped by hearing aids, would you suggest learning sign language? When you're a child, yes, um, possibly even as a teenager or a young adult. However, if you're talking uh, much later in life, using sign language, yes, can be a little bit helpful when the signs are iconic, but you're actually talking about having to learn a whole new language and you've got to have somebody else who understands it. Um, however, using every mode of, of communication, written, gesture, spoken, um, repetition, simple words, anything you can do to get that point across. Um, there are a lot of signs that are iconic that look like what they are, and that can help something like telephone or drink or eat. Those kinds of things can be very, very helpful. Um, but I find that having to learn a whole new language is probably not the best bet at that time. Especially for people who are mature, they, they probably would resist it. Mm -hmm. They do. <laughs> I'm laughing because everything that we're talking about is things that I experienced when working with you. Mm -hmm. Even even a, a sense of resistance on my part. And I think you probably experience that from time to time with people who are headstrong and just can't believe. Are you serious speech therapy for me? <laughs> tell me. Tell me a story about something you're particularly proud of with one of your patients. And I'm going to let you think about that for a minute while I ask you another question. Our diet here in this country is often very bad. And a great deal of us, particularly as we get a little bit older, midlife, and seniors develop reflux. First of all, what is it and how does it affect the voice? Okay, reflux, I am a speech pathologist. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not qualified to diagnose nor treat reflux. I do have reflux myself, and I would say so does quite a bit of this population, but um, it's actually the more, most common diagnosis I see for people with voice problems. What can happen is the stomach acid can come up through the sphincter muscle that's at the top of the esophagus and over into the airway, and it can burn that area and do some damage. It also makes you feel like you need to clear your throat all the time. Here's the problem with clearing your throat all the time. You're slamming your vocal cords together, not in a healthy way. What I do sometimes in therapy is I have my patients clap their hands really, really hard, and then I ask them how it feels. And they tell me it stings, it hurts, and I ask them, how do you think your hands would look if you did that all day, every day? And we come to the conclusion that it would be red and swollen and might even eventually get blisters. And when I tell them that that's what they're doing to their vocal cords every time they clear their throat, they panic. 
I clear my throat all the time. So what I suggest they do is, um, first of all, go see a doctor about the possibility of reflux. Be correctly and appropriately diagnosed and treated. Second of all, make sure you're drinking plenty of water to wash all of that stuff down. And instead of clearing your throat, the first thing you can try is to swallow as hard as you can, and that might squeeze anything that might be anywhere near your airway out of there. And if it doesn't, do a single cough, just one, and a hard swallow right after that. So that way, if you cough anything out of your airway, you're going to swallow it down, it'll be gone, and you won't have to worry about it. I was horrified when you told me that because clearing my throat was the way I operated every time. I felt congested in the throat area. That's what I did over and over. And I kept wondering, why doesn't it help? It still feels like I need to clear my throat. And when I began to practice some of the really very simple but annoying practices I had to do to control. Well, for me, it had gotten pretty progressive. My voice was very shaky. It was very unclear. I had done everything wrong for so long that I had to eat crow and say, I have to listen to every word this lady tells me because I don't want to have this issue forever. And even if I do have it forever, if I understand how to treat it when it recurs, because I've neglected to pay attention for a while, we all tend to slip and slip backwards for a minute or two, I'll know what to do about it. And it was really a godsend for me. So I'm, I'm thanking you publicly, Sherry, for well, your patience you. with me <laughs> and my sometimes irritability about having to do certain things. And one of the funniest things to me was when you explained that pushing the air through a very small straw controls it to a degree. Do you want to explain that even though we can't visualize it, you can explain it so we can? Well, that's kind of the third step in therapy. The first thing I want to do is make sure that people are not adding any kind of additional tension or tightness to their throat. And that's one of the ways we do that. But first, before I do any of that, I want to make sure that people are breathing correctly because the majority of society does not. Society teaches us we need to suck in our stomachs and throw out our chest and take a deep breath. And the doctor sometimes even goes, <gasps> when he's showing you how to take a deep <laughs> breath. And that's actually tightening everything, and we don't want to do that. But the only people that are trained in breathing are speech pathologists who specialize in voice, uh, opera singers or trained singers, and yoga instructors. The rest of society generally breathes when they breathe in, their chest goes out. But we want to think about filling our lungs from the bottom up. What the straw does for you is, first of all, a, a small straw like you use for coffee or drinks at a bar that's a little bit too small. We want to just use a regular straw 
and keeping warm, moist air moving through that straw while you're gliding your vocal, while you're gliding your voice up and down will help the throat to stay open and relaxed. But that's, it's really something that I would rather do with a person in front of me. It's not something that I would want somebody to try on their own, only because without the other guidelines, voice practice, practice of voice skills um, incorrectly is worse than not practicing at all. That's true. <laughs> I really love this conversation, but I'm going to take a break. And when we come back, I want you to tell everybody where you're located, how they can contact you, and what they might possibly do if they don't live in southeast Florida. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Sign up today for my weekly radio show announcements and guest information and receive a free chapter of my newest book, Dancing on Your Disabilities, Never Say Impossible to Your Dreams, My Story of Perseverance, Passion, Hope, and Happiness. Dreams do come true despite adversity. If I can do it, you can do it too. Hi again from NSINDOOD Radio. I'm Myra, and we're talking to Sherry Gill, a very experienced voice therapist and pathologist, speech pathologist. She has experienced just about everything, from people who have serious illnesses, who've had strokes, and have auditory issues, and vocal issues, she can do wonders for people who are aging and beginning to lose their ability to find the words. She's just wonderful. So Sherry, why don't you tell people exactly where you're located, which will be in the blog, but how they can reach you and if they're sitting in Indiana right now and not here in South Florida, what they should do to find somebody to give them the help they need. Okay. If you're in South Florida, uh, Palm Beach County, we are at Wellington Regional Medical Center on the corner of 441 and Forest Hill. Uh, What you'd want to do, actually what you'd need to do, would be to see a doctor first. If you have voice issues, you're definitely going to want to see an ENT, an ear, nose, and throat doctor, before coming to me. And what that doctor would do would be to send or fax a prescription for a voice evaluation and therapy to our office. Our fax number is 561-798-8654. Then our incredible secretary will check the insurance information and call you to set up the first appointment. And that's exactly what happened with me. I followed the directions to a key. My voice is too important to me. Now, with all these different types of issues that you've treated, and now mainly with adults, in your long career, and Sherry's very young, Anyway, <laughs> well, everything's relative, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> What's one of the most pleasing memories, happy 
success stories you can recall during this long career of yours? I honestly have so many. I don't think that I could even specifically find one. I know working with you was an absolute joy, um, but I find when my patients do well, mainly because I'm empowering them to do it for themselves. So when they find the success, then I just, I fly. I, after 25 years, I still love what I do, and it's still a joy to come to work daily. Well, if you check out the blog, there's a picture of you oh, with joy. the biggest smile. <laughs> and that's the first thing I remember about you when I met you is you had this tremendous smile. So it was something that we shared over the period of my therapy. It's something I'll always remember, and you're probably not rid of me because old habits take a long time to die. And as I mentioned, sometimes if I'm particularly stressed or in a situation where I feel that I'm not clear enough, I fall back on old habits without even realizing I'm doing it. And that's when I have to start fixing it again. So now that we know that one of the biggest problems that people face is hoarseness, do you think it starts a long time ago or can it progress after an upper respiratory infection and it doesn't go away? Every person's different and every situation is different. Um, so you just need to look at each situation as it comes up. Um, it can come from an upper respiratory infection. It can come from a lifetime of habits. It can come from pretty much everything. Anything can cause a voice problem, and a lot of times stress will literally go to your throat. Think Hello. about when, <laughs> when you... When you hold back tears, where do you feel it? You feel it in your throat. Mm. So that the voice, voice issues can come from there. So much of the way I work is through education and explaining why we're doing the exercises we're doing or how things will be beneficial to you. Um, and I also give you everything in writing so that if you need to go back to it, if you should slip a little, as we all do, I give it to you in writing, you can go back to it. You can also call me. I've been here for 18 years. Uh, I plan to be here for another 20. And, uh, you know, sometimes people need an annual or a every other year brush-up. It's usually just one session to remind them of what they already know. Do they need a new prescription? Yes. Your prescription has to be within 30 days. Okay. Got that. Now, is this something that you would recommend for young people? I happen to have three grandchildren, and they're finding it difficult choosing a profession. Is it something that you would recommend for young people? Is it in demand? It's very much in demand. Very, very much in demand. What I love about speech pathology is that 
the graduate program, because you must have a master's degree to work as a speech pathologist, it prepares you for work in any setting. And I've worked in, as I said, elementary, pre-K, middle school, high school. I've worked in nursing homes. I've worked in private practice. I've worked in home health. I've worked in acute care, which is the inpatient portion of the hospital. I've worked in subacute. Those are people that are still relatively ill but not needing to be in the hospital. Um, and I work in outpatient as well. So there's anything. You can do everything with this degree and be able to provide help to people in a variety of settings. Um, it is an extremely competitive field, though, to get into universities offering master's and even undergrad programs in speech pathology. So you do have to do very well in school, um, but the opportunities are absolutely out there. And I, I mean, like I said, after 25 years, I still absolutely love what I do. That's so important. Many people take up careers that they think they're supposed to take up because of something their parents did or something someone said to them or what's trending at the time. And they end up spending a lifetime disliking what they're doing. It's, they, they, it's as though they sell out. And to hear you say that, I think is so encouraging for anybody who's, who really likes the therapeutic end of medicine, but isn't quite sure whether they want to be an occupational therapist or they want to be a, the ones who do the MRIs or they just don't know where. So when they go to college, they need to feature that particular type of training before they get their master's? Oh, I would agree. In fact, if you're thinking about going into any kind of field that requires graduate education, postgraduate education, you definitely want to have a good idea of what you're going into. Um, and that's actually why I went into speech pathology, because I thought I was going to go into deaf education. And I found uh, greater joy in doing speech pathology than I did in deaf education. That's not to knock deaf education. It's an incredible field. This is just what called to me more. Um, and the variety of opportunities it's provided to me. I don't get to use my sign language anymore as much, but um, I definitely am truly enjoying what I'm doing. So I would strongly suggest for any young people thinking about this type of career, talk to somebody who's already in the field. See what they like. See what's been challenging. See where they can work and possibly even go observe, although with um, privacy laws that's getting harder and harder to do. But most of us are in this field because we love it. And so if we can get younger people to understand what we love about it and why we love it, then it makes the studies that can be quite uh, challenging, it makes it a little bit easier knowing that you're going to come out on the other end and be very happy with what you're doing. Boy, does that make a difference. And you said it's very much in demand. Could it possibly be because we're all living longer 
And it seems that voice issues after childhood, I'm not talking about the really early childhood issues, but as seniors, baby boomers, is a voice problem more prevalent? Yes. It is actually not unusual to have more voice issues as you age on your gentle journey through life. (laughs) Um, I think at this moment, my oldest patient is 89, (laughs) and she's making excellent progress. Fantastic. I have, because I mentioned this at the top of the hour, Once you begin to understand what you're doing wrong and you recognize it in yourself, you begin to hear it in other people. Absolutely. (laughs) I have heard a few of the candidates, really possibly because of stress, sound really awful. Absolutely. (laughs) And I wanted to knock on the TV and say, Go see your speech pathologist. They do. They absolutely do. Yeah, I hear it, and then I don't hear it. And I happened to listen to Hillary's speech last night, and I thought she sounded wonderful. So I'm sure she had some therapy in between some of the earlier speeches that she had given. And the same with Donald Trump. I have heard him sound completely shrilled with his voice and misusing it. So it's something that happens to the best of us. And if you're sitting somewhere listening to this, say, yeah, but it goes away. It only happens once in a while. Well, that once in a while is sending you warning. I would recommend, and I'm sure you do, Sherry, that you don't wait until you have something catastrophic happen like me <laughs> giving a workshop and going, welcome, everybody. Please excuse <laughs> the way I sound today. So <laughs> I think it's very helpful, and I absolutely love what you do and what you've done to help me sound a lot better than I did when I walked through the door in your office. And I would like you to leave a few words of encouragement to people who feel that they just have to accept the way they sound. There are very few people who have to accept the way they sound. Um, There are definitely compensatory strategies that can be used to give you the best quality voice. I cannot change anatomy. I cannot change diseases. I can't change anything like that. What I can do is empower you to utilize your anatomy to the best of your ability, to help you to sound as good as you can, um, and to do it in a positive, supporting way. Very well said, and I think it's wise to, to recognize something that you're not comfortable with. If you happen to hear your voice, and we all do now with all the technology that's around, we hear ourselves. And if you don't like what you're hearing, because of some habitual problem that you're having, 
hoarseness or trouble finding words or whatever it is, address it. Sherry, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to explain this to our listeners and maybe help them to make the decision to go and get help. It's been my absolute pleasure. As I tell my patients at the end of the sessions, when they say thank you, I say, it's my pleasure. It's also my job, but it's mostly my pleasure. I love it. Sherry, you're welcome back anytime. And this might be something we want to do once a year or so, because not everybody's going to hear this. And it's a chronic problem in our society as we become grown-ups. And once again, thank you. And I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in today. Remember to visit us on Facebook, on Never Say Impossible Radio, or Dancing on Our Disabilities, or both. You can find us on TalkShoe.com, Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, on my website, in the show archives, and in iTunes. You can find us everywhere. So if there's a topic that you want to hear more about, check out what we've covered. And until next time, never say impossible. You've been listening to Dancing on Our Disabilities, a production created for the people and by the people. If you wish to contribute information, your story, or reliable, validated medical information to our program, please visit Myra Goldick or visit our Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash dancing on our disabilities. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.